Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the Great Northeast BJJ Podcast. This is episode 12. It's another dojo storm. Uh, this last weekend, Jay, George, and I headed out to Soulcraft BJJ, which is outside of New Haven, Connecticut. We talked to Brad Wolfson. Brad's a pretty fascinating guy. He's traveled around the world um, on his own to train and uh, now to uh, instruct and teach Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu with the BJJ Globetrotters group. Uh, if you're not familiar with BJJ Globetrotters, you definitely should take a moment to uh, look that up, see what they're all about. Uh, Soulcraft's a great place. It's big. It's spacious. Uh, there's a number of martial arts under the same roof. But I got to tell you, the uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu training, the community, um, the feel that you get while you're there is just top class. It, if you have, if you ever have a chance to train at Soulcraft, definitely want to be there. Soulcraftbjj.com. Uh, we had a great talk with Brad. We talked to him about his philosophy uh, toward teaching and and community. Um, He's actually been in the Northeast area pretty much the entire time uh, training. So he has some really interesting insight on how Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu has grown in the area over, say, the last 10 years or so. We had a great time training with Brad and his guys and gals. We also got introduced to Upbeat, which I guess is uh, me destroying a uh, great old Italian word. So I hope I said that right, Brad. As always, thank you very much to everybody for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, greatnortheastbjj.com. Hit the contact button. If you have questions, comments, if you want us to come out and do a dojo storm at your place, or if you'd like to host an episode of the Great Northeast BJJ podcast, get in touch again through the website, greatnortheastbjj.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Here you go. This is episode 12. It's the next episode, anyway. Right. Um, well, welcome. Welcome. Hi, guys. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome to, to episode house. 12 or 13 <laughs> at Brad's house. You're Brad, Bruce house? Bradcasting. Yeah, Brad's house in, in Hamden. Hamden, yeah. Hamden, Connecticut. Scenic, scenic Hamden. Yeah. Um, so we just came down from uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire to Hamden, Connecticut and trained at Soulcraft with, with our man Brad Wilson and... Uh, did the dojo storm, and now we stormed his house. As as always, uh, podcast brought to you by Tortuga Soap, uh, greatest soap in the business. Get you clean when you get dirty on the mat. It's made uh, with magic. It's made with magic. It has magical properties. Uh, check it out, tortugasoap.com. Hit hey, them up hey, on Facebook, hey, etc. Hey, Jay, did you know that they have two kinds of goat milk? They have sweet goat's milk? And what's the other kind of goat's milk? Every, regular goat's milk. Regular? It doesn't sweet. say regular. It's just goat's milk. Soap is sweet goat's milk? Sweet goat's milk. Did you use sweet goat's milk to make the soap? Well, you would know because you got the extracted the goat's milk on our last batch. I have never done that. Don't put that on me. Who doesn't love a sweet goat? Who doesn't love a sweet goat, dude? (laughs) Uh, By the way, by the way, the Riddler has new nicknames. The nanny, the nanny, and also Spock. Spock. Yeah. Sorry, I can't. I got a. He's Spock to my Captain Kirk. He. (laughs) 
Fucking George is like, let's go, let's do it. I'm like, okay, that's I'm cool. storming that's the planet, dude. Down where we're going. Storming the planet. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Say whatever you want, dude. So, so, so like, yet, like yesterday, Talk I'm like, we're, goat's we're going to Connecticut, Can we? and it's going to be like 11 a. Can we just write this down? And let's just, like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's just get past the sponsors. <clears throat> oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> also brought to you by <laughs> Crash Kimonos, CrashKimonos.net, Kimonos, Rash Guards. Dress belts, fine cut. Um, yeah, super yeah, it, cool stuff. It, that's made. It's made where they're all made, but um, designed in New Hampshire. Yeah, Abe's killing. Made it. With her they're all made in the same place. I think he's switching it up too, so it's not all just one drop ever. So there's some still like exclusive drops, but he's going to do the drop, and then he's going to throw like throw another drop the next quarter if uh, if people really like the, the stuff. So, so hit him he's up. using a different model. He's yeah. also open to design ideas. If you have something cool like uh, you want to talk to him about, hit him up on the on the Facebook or on the website. Yeah. Uh, as always, brought to you by Port City Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, High-level jiu-jitsu training out of Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Great Sea Coast Town. Three black belts uh, instructing at any one time. Can we talk more about Tortuga Soap? We can if you want. <laughs> really cool new shirts. Nice. If, if you if this was on TV, you could see like that the coolness of the shirt that I'm wearing. It's a very um, cool. So, uh, Etsy. We're on Etsy. I smell TortugaSoap.com. Facebook. InstaFace. Twitters. All those things. Port City BJJ. CrashKimonos.net. Shout out to our friend Adam Bradley. Yeah, uh, friend of friend of the pot. He was on episode one, I believe. Yeah, uh, he was he was visiting. Was he visiting at the time? No, I think he, he lived, no, he was he lived right in New Hampshire before, he, oh, before yeah. he went out to train with Gavao. Yeah. Um, he only talked for a minute or two on that podcast, but it was fun talking to him. I, I didn't know him very well. Great competitive blue belt, like really high level blue belt, in my opinion. Finally, uh, you know, getting his just desserts, got a bronze medal at the uh, the world championships. So basically, the highest level there is for. Our sport. Well, I think his loss, he lost on three advantages. One yeah. loss. Yeah, and that's the way I think it wasn't a sovereign. Yeah, like was, yeah. uh, and at Blue Belt, your, your brackets are huge. Huge. Right? They're huge. Like, it's nice kind of like being a black Well, like we were talking about it earlier, Brad, like where it's kind of, you know, it's a bummer that in most tournaments you enter, you're like, I might be the only person in my division. Right. You know what I mean? But yeah. also, if you're, guys. if you're a Blue Belt, an adult, there's like 42 guys. It's the opposite problem. Yeah. 112 guys. This yeah, is like old master BJJ podcast right here. Nah. Yeah. This no, is I'm it right the here. only actual guy in here. Uh, I'm the only guy You're under the 40. youngest. You are? In this table? Yeah. Yeah, I'm the only guy under 40. I would never guess, Brad. You, you, uh, Thank you. I, I appreciate you, you cut a You cut a young You're very guy. handsome man, too. Well, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell him that. Don't tell him that. Oh, so, so we're, we're getting here. our picture taken. Stick your chin out. If you guys, if you guys are in the uh, area <laughs> of Hamden, Connecticut, you should go to Soulcraft BJJ. I, I, I need to flex. Um, our picture. It's an awesome place to train, and he has pretty much everything you would want to do there. If you're into other stuff, you go see uh, Brad. He'll take Brad, you want to give us like a website location? Yeah. Where, where um, yep. We're we're about uh, five minutes from New Haven. It's, uh, it's kind of the hub around here. Uh, it's uh, SoulcraftBJJ.com. And uh, find us on the internet and come on in and train. We're, we're part of the BJJ Globetrotters uh, thing, where so we always have uh, visitors, kind of an open door policy, and we, we like it when people come visit us and train. You have other, uh, you, you teach other things though. <laughs> we do, yeah. We have uh, some Krav Maga classes in Muay Thai um, and uh, class for kids. 
saw um, the judo guys talking to you. Yeah, judo guys too, doing yeah. some work. It was great. I, I really kind of wanted to jump black over belts, there and jump in. Black belt, were, judo, yeah, so we have, uh, we're really lucky. Medals. We have a couple uh, really good uh, judo black belts that um, are, are here just because, you know, luckily Yale is close by, Yale University, yeah, yeah. so... Uh, we get a pretty cool, cool cross section of people coming in from all over the world. Jay and I were thinking about going over to Yale. Yeah, and, uh, well, you should. You guys should enroll. Hitting it up, um, doing doing some equations. Yeah, like, doing uh, some hard thinking. Like a Goodwill hunting type. Yeah, thing. right. Yeah. That's what okay. I'm saying. That said, it would be really like fun to do. It would be fun to do a podcast <laughs> at their judo club. Or and you guys have the accent for it too, so it'd be perfect. Like, <laughs> yeah. My boys, wicked. I like style. them apples. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's cool because we get guys like uh, Alex and uh, and Tess, who are uh, two of the the black belts in judo that uh, train with us. And they're they're both Canadian, and they're here because of because of grad school. So it's cool. We get a pretty interesting uh, group of really smart people around that can kick our asses too. So it's uh, we went there and trained today. First, first of all, it was like giving me my life back. This was my first time actually doing any rolling since uh, since surgery. Like I have not been this happy at least in the last you know month. Like you know not being able to train before surgery, and then I am just so happy and. Wicked awesome guys. You can tell there's a ton of talent on the mat. Um, you're, you're definitely teaching those guys the right way. And not that I'm surprised, you know what I mean? You, your lineage is ridiculous. You know, first degree black belt under Marcio Stambowski. You were his first American black belt, right? I was, yeah. yeah. That is crazy. How'd you start jiu-jitsu, man? How'd you, like, did you start martial arts before jiu-jitsu? Or? No, so I, I kind of came to jiu-jitsu. Um, I think the way a lot of uh, people started it where... Um, I saw the UFCs, you know, but, uh, the interesting thing about how I started was I saw the UFCs thanks to, um, a couple of friends that I had at the time. Uh, my friend, Eric, who, who's still a good friend of mine, um, in the, in the late nineties, we used to go over his house and, uh, just hang out. And he had, uh, this was like sort of, I'm dating myself, but, uh, this was like back in the the times of like those illegal cable descramblers, I think. <laughs> yes, you know, used to get like on like late night TV. You could get everything, and you'd watch like. And of course, you're only after the UFC. You wouldn't yeah, no, I wouldn't want to watch like any of the other stuff through the lines. I've <laughs> never done night. that. I never would do that. But, no way. Um, no. Well, I was at this guy's house, so we'd go over there, and he'd have like the UFCs and stuff, and you know all the all the bootleg like uh, sort of stuff from TV. And um, around that time, so this same dude was, was working in this uh, moto photo. Another thing I'll date myself, nobody like go takes their pictures to get like uh, developed anymore. Moto photo. But this dude worked at this <laughs> moto photo in our town. Um, and, uh, <laughs> That's actually he used a really to, good name. A couple of my friends, yeah, a couple of my friends worked at this moto photo and they used to like, you know, just develop like the crazy pictures that people would bring oh, in. Yeah. Like weird like dudes eating like shit logs, like just ah. crazy. <laughs> oh, crazy oh, just like crazy jackass. stuff. And one day, and one day this guy came in around the same time that we were watching like the UFCs and stuff and this guy came in uh, with pictures of him on this cruise ship uh, training with Elio Gracie and Hoyce. <laughs> And we used to, you know, my friend watched the UFCs and stuff, and he recognized the guy. So when the dude came in to pick his pictures up, he, he said to him, like, oh, are you, uh, you know, are those, you know, the Gracie's in your picture? And he said, yeah, you know, I, I, I was training with them, and I'm opening uh, a training. At then it was called a training association, like, you know, basically an affiliate school for, for the Gracie Academy. Uh, we're opening in, like, a week or two. So why don't you come down and check it out? So my friend Eric and my other buddy Greg went down and checked it out and started training, and then... You know, I'd still go over to their house and hang out, and then they'd be like, "All right, you know, run at me, take, tackle me, or whatever." And I just get beaten up on their lawn, we wrestle around and stuff. And I finally was like, "All right, I think I should probably go check this out." Uh, maybe that was, <coughs> excuse me, maybe like a year after they started. What year was that? And then that 90? was ninety eight, ninety nine, I think ninety nine, something like that. Um, and then I started going, and that was it. I wasn't particularly good at it. I wasn't like 
hooked on it right away. Just kind of kept doing it because my friends were there and it was fun. It was kind of a cool way to hang out with my friends. Um, but I wasn't very coordinated. I was kind of chubby. I was playing in a, a bunch of bands at the time, and I was. Dude, do you play you know, saxophone? Yeah, so I was drinking and like you know partying, and I was kind of like out of shape. But I kept going, and then eventually, it just kind of something clicked, and I started to fall in love with it. And then uh, I just kept training and training and training, and that was you know that was then, and and here here I am still doing it. And uh, actually, the, the the funny side note to that is one of my buddies, he's kind of been trying to get back into it for a while. That the, the guy that Eric who started me going. Um, and he's like, you know, busy with work and kids and stuff. So he's not training as much. Um, but, uh, my other friend, Greg took about seven years off cause he was a musician and he was traveling all around the world, uh, you know, playing music and stuff. So he, and then he kind of came back to jujitsu and he's about to get his black belt, uh, nice. from Pedro Sauer in, in about nice. a week. He's testing wow, to get, to get awesome. his black belt. So he's finally kind of doing it and he's got an academy opening up to you around here, um, pretty soon too. So he's, he's kind of full, you know, full on back into it. But it's funny. Those guys sort of took like you know, the past, like kind of the crazy way, like yeah. around and I just kind of kept, kept plowing through and training and so, sort of got, you know, so what happened to the guy you eventually. first trained with? Is he still training? Like the guy that opened that place? Yeah. Up so he, uh, he kind of had a little bit of a meltdown. I won't, I won't say his name, but he yeah. kind of had a little bit of a meltdown. Um, and, uh, kind of one by one, all the guys, the original guys that kind of started with him kind of left one by one and kind of went their own way. Um, and, and I don't think he's even training anymore. And, you know, from last I heard, he's not uh, training with Hoist and those guys anymore. So. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I haven't talked to him in about ten years since I sure. since I left. But it wasn't it wasn't a good breakup for us. It's interesting the uh, <laughs> that like you were saying the different like roundabout ways that pe- that jujitsu enters and exits people's lives and so many times like the, especially in the first couple of years of training, people are like, I can't get here, and I'm like I'm like I'm really really sorry. Like I've got like this work thing that I got to do, and I think people have, give themselves a hard time because. I've always felt like jujitsu is something that like it doesn't get it shouldn't be something that gets in the way of your life. It just kind of fits, and sometimes you have to work hard to get on the mat. But it's like should mm-hmm. fit into your life somehow, like you know, kind of like with the current of your life, like not fighting against it. Yeah, but it's I think that's the thing, right? Like, and it's sort of like the best laid plans kind of thing. I think a lot of people start with jujitsu or anything else. Like even like with me with playing music, like I love playing music, but. I got no time to play music. I haven't, I haven't picked my saxophone up in like two years. It's kind of sad, you know, and I was playing a lot, um, you know, and you know, not like seriously, like I was ever like, you know, this is going to be my job like forever, but you know, we, I was, I really loved it. And it's kind of like, you have to make these things priorities. And I think that's like the thing that, you know, that's tough for people, even with jujitsu, you're right. It kind of like, you can get away with doing it once or twice a week, even, but you have to have to make it the priority. And it's, that's, that's a tough thing, man. Like, I mean, you've been training for, as long, if not longer than me. Same, you know, same amount of time. Which is funny. So imagine, like, how many people have you seen come and go since you started? I mean, it's hundreds, like right? hundreds, thousands, maybe. Thousands even, right? It's crazy, right? Yeah. Even yeah. in the five years that our academy's been open, like, it's hundreds of people that have come through the doors or like started but quit or like disappeared or like you know calling this guy for three months. Oh yeah, I'm coming tomorrow. Yeah, it's been really busy. Or like you know, I'm sure you guys have those guys too, where you're like, totally. It happens. This dude's like. Every week I'm calling this guy, like, hey, man, are you coming? Yeah, I'll be, I'll be in there next week. You know, guys I haven't seen literally in, like, a year, you know. It's crazy. Came to, like, two classes. And- I, I I try so hard not to take it personally <coughs> when people stop showing up or whatever, you know what I mean? But it's hard. It's like, you don't understand. Like, you just need yeah. to get over that hump, like, that six-month hump, and you'll fall in love with it, and it will change you. But I guess some people, like, 
whatever are not are not ready to be reborn Christians or whatever. You know what I mean? They're not ready for that, or they're not interested. It's like well, that's fine. Yeah, and there's other things. You may get the family involved, the wife or, or the husband involved, and all that kind of stuff. And then also maybe some of these people do it, but we all know people who did that and then came back and started again, right? Like right. like what Brad was just saying. It's like yep. yeah, you know, it's not over forever, fun. but that's I true. Know what I mean, you mean, yeah, and people yeah. definitely do find their way back to it. And in the case of like my my friend Greg, like he's. Um, he is, he is literally, uh, you know, his claim to fame at least is that he was the, he's the first jujitsu student in Connecticut, him and this other guy, they were like literally with, I think two other guys that started with them. Like they were, they were the first guys. And it's, it's, it's funny that, you know, he, he made it pretty far and then he took a break. So, I mean, I think he's one of those guys that, you know, probably would all, will always would, you know, would have come back to it eventually and did. But man, there's a lot of people that don't get far enough in to like realize that that it's like you know it's not a natural thing right off the bat where you're like, right. oh man, I love this after like five minutes, I'm I'm gonna do this for the rest of my life. Like, and we right. take I think we take that for granted sometimes because it's like I've been doing this for like almost 20 years now, yeah. and I'm like, you know, I can't imagine. I mean, obviously, jujitsu is my life yeah. now, but anyway, and like it's what I do for a living and you know for but, money and stuff. But yeah. I can't even imagine like not doing it. Yeah. And even if you've been doing it for like up to purple belt, it's so ingrained in your life, and you like. That, but you know, for those guys that come for like two weeks or something, or come for a month, they don't have that sort of like. Right. It hasn't caught on. There's no tangible value. Like it's not like, hey, I've been like painting or something like that, and you get far enough along, and you have this, you can you can create this, and it's something you can look and you can touch. Your your first of all, the the initial like value of jujitsu, your self defense, and the and the game that you have, and all these techniques and this knowledge that you have is one thing, but also the way jujitsu kind of gets in your blood and like and all that all that other stuff like you know what i mean it doesn't just happen the right. day you walk in as well yeah not up. not not always maybe for some guys there are those people that are like i was hooked the first five minutes I was yeah. hooked. where do i sign up yeah or or they're hooked and that's like it that, that's all they're going to do yeah. further you know but you also have the kind of people who are are seeing it uh let me say socially i don't really mean like because it's a group but like there's a couple of guys in our club where if you know if one of them goes, and the other one doesn't go. He's going to go, okay, well, I have to go because I don't want him to get any better than me, and da da da. Yeah. And that's what I'm like. Like, I'll, I have, I need to have, I hate going running. So, your, your ego basically is all that's keeping you going. It's not, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's true, and it is. It keeps getting better. Just call it out, man. No, it's, no, no, it's I know what you're saying. No, 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 no. Yeah, I hear you. No, but the reality is, it's something. This guy's training somewhere, this guy's training to get better. I gotta, I gotta get better. The capital E ego is not it. But what it is, is I know that I, if you put a competition in front of me, that that's something that's fun, right? So, I'll fake out a competition just in order to do that. In the beginning, that kind of worked. I know I'm going to go, you know, two or three times, but that'll get me to go an extra yeah. time or or an extra time. People and quit. And people, but was, people quit says, because of that. Well, there's like all literally these people they go try to do. This. They get hurt and they're or whatever, like pulls them away for six months and they come back and all the people that they were neck and neck with right. or they were coming up are now all better than them. Yeah, that's frustrating. And man. they can't get over it, and that drives them to be like, well, I've lo- I've lost it. You know, when all you have to do is hang out with your friends and train and it will come back and things you'll find your place and on the mat where you ought to be and the the bluebell experience i had today going into uh, soulcraft was i came out going this that was great because i appreciate when i'm rolling with guys who i can't figure that shit out i'm like okay you're just two steps ahead of me i just don't get that i don't see this i loved rolling one of your guys was i could see what he was doing but it was faster and stronger than me which was good 
And then another one, he did a couple of things I hadn't seen, but I'm like, oh, no, no, show me that one again. So we picked up a couple of new things. Right. And then a couple of people I, I, I felt pretty comfortable with. So a lot of people would come away from that experience going, like you say, I got my slats kick in, I got my slats kick in, I, this sucked. Right. You know, but no, it's like, no, it's awesome. That's the best thing. Right. You know, yeah, and I mean, again, I think that's because you're you're also at a point where you can you can sort of take a step back from it and and, and, and sort of be like, okay, yeah, this is a good day for me because of this or that, or yeah, this was a exactly. bad day because right. of me. But either way, you're going to go. Right. You're already kind of at that point where you're like, I'm, I'm oh, I see, I see you know what I'm saying? Yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, but at first, like, yeah. even if someone's brand new coming in, like, for in our place, and I'm sure it's like someone in your school, it's like try and create that environment where, like, that person's going to feel comfortable and they're not going to feel like this is too hard right off the bat or... This isn't going to, you know, it's almost like figuring out where that point is where like, you know, like that kid that you guys were training with today, he's only been training about a week, but he's like a young guy and he's competitive and he wants to like, okay, like we can go a little harder with that guy. Yeah. And we're going to obviously help him like every step of the way, but we can sure. kind of like, you know, we can kind of get on he a little bit. Get, he wants that. He wants, he wants it, it, right. Him, man, right. But most other people, when they come in, it's not that, like, it's that, like, I want to feel like I can do this. Like I'm part of the community. I can do this. It's, it's still like a positive yeah. Thing you gotta show them a little bit that, yeah. that you're still like it's not that it works, much, right? but right, not too much. Yeah. Yeah. Do you encourage people to? Do you encourage people to start with friends, start together, show <clears throat> of up, course, yeah. show up together? I think that that's always thing. a great, good thing if you have someone to motivate you to, to work. Tune your friends all, up, but yeah, yeah. Um, Where else I think can in you our case, your friends. Yeah. In my case, that was always like these two guys, and they would just beat the they would just beat the snot out of me. Like every they were, you know, they were so much better than me, and like you know, it was like every time I'd go, I'd just be like. Dude, this sucks. I'm just getting my ass kicked every time. Like if they, I just couldn't figure it out. You know. Yeah, but I mean, it, it sounds like that inspired you to go. Okay, knuckle down. Let's make this happen. Yeah. Let's well, I, I just think I'm stubborn and I didn't quit. I just like yeah. keep. I'm stupid. I just kept showing up. You know. And then eventually, I was like, I really like this. I, I think the things up. you forget about too is like when you're a white belt, you're new. Those guys get sore. You know, like I don't really feel like I get that. You know, it's not like you get. We don't get sore anymore. Don't I don't you? really get that sore. You know, oh, yeah, but I you used to yeah, get, I'm like, I mean, I get so old right man now, sore, but I don't <laughs> get sore like I used to get. Like, uh, the hands look like follow me. Yeah, nasty, dude. Yeah. Even when I come off of a break, I mean, I'm talking about myself, but I mean, I'm just representing everybody else. You come off of a break because you get sick or you know you get hurt or whatever. You can just those freaking warm ups again. You're just like ah, oh, you're climbing back and up up the mountain again. You know, it's just the way it is. A lot of people, a lot of you get people who come in who are gassed halfway through the warm ups, and that's the way it is. But they get over it. They, but they stay with it. Yeah, but, that's but the yeah. thing. It's not that is not a constant. Like no. the what you feel in your first six months of jujitsu is not a constant. Right, it goes away, man. Like your your apprehension about being in a tough spot, like where you're panicked when in the first couple of weeks, that goes away once you've been training for a while. And all of a sudden, these spots where you're like, I got beat up so bad, that's just doing jujitsu. Like, you know what I mean? That That's not bad. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> get, getting choked on by triangle. Like, that's, but, but just being in tough <laughs> positions is not, becomes not the hard part about jujitsu. Yeah. You realize that I'm not going to die here. You know what I mean? When initially, when they first step on the mat, they're like, this is horrible. I can't get out. And they get... I could die right now. I could die right now. Yeah, we can't. Well, that's why you can't. I think with a lot of people, you can't make it impossible for them to get out that first month or two months or whatever. You have those guys that you're like, okay, I'm going to like... I know this guy's a good person to help this person get better. I'm not going to like throw him with this other guy that's probably just going to... Even with you today, I was like, yeah, that guy's good. But you probably maybe want to roll with this guy instead. Like, you know... Like, <laughs> 
Yeah. Right. The, the, the different you gotta nav you gotta navigate through it a little bit, I think. And there's um you know, and that creating that culture too where everyone's gonna like help that help that guy out and not just try to beat the shit out of him because that's as much as that's like fresh meat. Yeah, but I mean it's and it's you know, there's some schools where it's like that they get like even around here there's a couple of schools like that where they're like that's kind of what their thing is. They're like, yeah, we're just tough. And like, and if you stick around, that's cool. And if you don't, that's fine too. Um, I think jujitsu has to be accessible for, but yeah, that's it. It can't be right. Do you have, uh, do you, what is your opinion on having like a beginner class or an onboarding class or what is your approach towards that? Yeah. Just bring everybody in. No, I I, I mean, we have classes where they're, they're mixed and everyone trains together and and we help, you just help those, like I said, just kind of help those new guys kind of, go with the flow, but we do have classes that are just fun for fundamentals, right. um, where it's, it, it does cater toward, I wouldn't say it's beginner moves, but it, toward basics, right. And mm-hmm. having strong basics. Cause that's, you know, I think obviously like everyone else, that's, you need that foundation. Like I, I believe that, like, I think probably if you get interviewed 90% of the people say the same thing, you got to have that to build on. So yeah, it's just focuses on those things. It goes slower. There's a lot of like sparring in those classes. It's more just like positional sparring where, Okay, now after I've taught you how to escape this move, now it's like with 40% resistance. Let's see if you can apply it. It's not like, let me smash you from the bottom or from the top. So you're not just lining everybody up at the end and going, you know, go ham for 40 minutes. Right, no, not really. If you get like a dude that's smashing everybody, what do you, like in your, you know, do you address it? (laughs) There's a couple different ways to do it. Or do you like let let it sort (laughs) itself out, you know what I mean? Or do you like... Yeah. Uh, I mean, you mean? Do you mean smashing like, like say the, you the got, guys like kind of being a dick to like other people? In yeah, the like just bullying. Like, what if you had? A, yeah, you, no. are you being bullied, George? Yeah, you want to talk yeah, about by you? Yeah. <laughs> um, I got like, bullied what, by JJ too with one knee. Exactly, yeah. it happens. Um, but like, I mean, would you I take like, like if you that. say you had like a blue belt, you know, and and he's just beating up all the white belts or something? Yeah, big strong blue belt. You know, just, just crushing them, seeing their yeah. I mean, I think that I think there 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 are a few different ways to deal with that. But for me, I think the easiest one of the easiest ways to deal with that is just that you pair people up. Yeah, I mean, you're in charge, right? You're 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 in charge of the class, so you're you're sort of you know you in move charge. people around. I will, yeah, for sure. If there's an issue, or like, and I don't do it like, okay, you you're you're too much of a spaz, right? Right. right. I mean, I'll be like, okay, why don't <laughs> hey, you know, hot dog. I don't, uh, you know, hey, hey, George, just go over here. Why don't, yeah, why don't you start yeah. with him? Like, and I'll. If I need to make, I'll look around and I'll see, I'll be like, get a partner. And then if I need to make adjustments, you know, some, sometimes <clears throat> in the old days, you used to have everyone line up and then I'd pick the partners. But now, you know, I, everyone's, I only have a, a, maybe one or two guys that I, I really have to worry about at any given time. Yep. Um, if even that, I mean, we, we have kind of have a no dickhead policy at our place, so we don't have too many of those guys. Um, you know, there's always a couple in, in every school. But yeah, you just, you, you got to be responsible for pairing that guy up with someone that can either handle that or you have to roll with him or there has to be sort of a way that, you know, you're kind of keeping that guy like, <clears throat> you know, like I've heard, um, like, you know, Henzo, a few other people say like, you know, you can't let the, the wolves eat the shit, the sheep, you know, like that kind right. of thing where you have to, because right. there's always like sure white that belts like thing, that know? I have to, I tell <clears throat> white belts, I'm like, dude, there's going to come a time six months from now where I'm going to have to tell you like to chill out on the other new white belts. And right. they're like looking at me like, I'm like, dude, it happens every time. Yeah, you get your white belt, you get, you know, with great power, and then all of a sudden you get a blue belt, you get, you start getting good, and I look over and you're like beating the snot out of, you know, the white belt. I have to be like, hey, what are you doing? Brad did it with me today. He was like, these are the guys I want to like because first time training officer. He's like, these are the guy, these are your guys. Like, kind of pointing them out is like, go, those are guys that can like kind of help take care of you on the mat, make sure you don't get hurt. I, oh, there's was, that, I mean, there's there are there are guys that are really good, but they can't they don't they can't yeah. not like we like 
I flow on a flow roll all the time or whatever. Right. I want to train hard sometimes, but there are days where I'm beat up or there's like, if you have an injury or something and you need to like just start moving around after like you haven't done anything for two weeks or something, like you just got off surgery. Like there are guys that can train with you like that and have that sensibility. And then there's other guys that can't. And that's in like every gym, I think, you know, there's always that, like we have a couple guys that are like smaller guys. They're usually, I don't want to stereotype. They're usually, I have a couple guys that are, aren't smaller that can do that. But for the most part, it's like the smaller, like more technical guys or women that can train that way. And I, I'm like, all right, I don't really have to worry about my knee or, you know, I don't have to worry about this guy falling on me by accident or right. falling on my ankle or doing something jerky yeah. or whatever, you know. He has a little I, more control or she has a little more control. Yeah, yeah I need you in the face. <clears throat> yeah. Like I need you in the face yeah, today. I heard you go, oh, sorry, sorry. It wasn't like a... Um, <laughs> fucking ass. It wasn't like yeah. a Enzo Frank Shamrock thing where you like fully <laughs> shit in my face. You were like, you got the side of my head and you were just trying to move, so I didn't... I didn't think he was being a You didn't, you didn't uh, enact righteous justice. No, he, he did. He did. No, I'm talking about it, babe. It took me a half an hour to time, buddy. I don't know about you. Uh, what you were do you, uh, I mean, I'm interested, if you don't mind, going back to the story. So, you know, that's how you got involved. How did you end up with, uh, you know, Marcio and all that? How did that, how did you yeah, so, uh, story go? How do you say, is it Macarau? Macahau. 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 Macahau means macaroni. It means pasta, right. pasta in Portuguese. Macahau. Like, is it because his build? Or that was his nickname. It, I think it was originally from surfing because he was like a long, lengthy guy. But he, yeah. um, he's he been on a bunch of different podcasts and stuff. He explains like the nickname and how he got it and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. That, that's where it comes from. Macahau means pasta. And he's like a, a tall dude with really long arms and legs. And, you know, um, I started with him. So shortly after I sort of, I was a purple belt um, and I had, uh, I, I hurt my knee pretty bad. I had to have like pretty much my knee reconstructed. I had my ACL and meniscus and all this stuff kind of tore at the same time. Um, and uh, so I had to take a, a break. And around that time, this guy that we were, a bunch of us were training under that we had started with, he kind of started to teach some of my classes. I had a, I was running a, a school with him and I uh, just kind of started to get a little weird and like cultish and like the vibe started to change and my students were kind of unhappy. Um, and it kind of came to a head and I basically like long story short, I kind of had to part ways with him. Um, and around that time, I was about maybe a month away from getting back to train, being able to train. I'd been out for almost a year, so I had ACL surgery and a bunch of stuff. So I didn't, I was didn't walk for like three or four months. I was on crutches, and wow. Um, so I was, I was just getting back into like being able to drive and rehabbing and starting to train. You know, think about training again um, when all this happened. So I was kind of at this really low point where not only was I like my whole life sort of changed at that point. You know, I'm like, oh man, this guy that was for like ten years and all my friends and I'm like, I gotta leave this. Um, but I also you know, I couldn't train. I like, I was kind of bummed about that. Like we were talking about when you can't train and I'd been almost a year off. I'd gained like 30 pounds. I was like, you know, the only saving grace was around that time I met my now wife and we were starting to date. And, um, and that was like the only thing that saved me, but to get back to what you're saying with Marcio. So, um, about the time that I left, I kind of got all my students together and I said, okay, I'm having this issue. I'm going to have to like part ways with this guy. Like, you know, I'm not telling you to leave too, but I just want to let you know that I'm leaving and if you feel comfortable staying here and some of them did stay with the, the school, but a lot of them did leave when I left and started to kind of seek out other places to train. And Marcio yeah. had just moved here um, at, at that time. He was about 40 minutes south of here. Oh, okay. And okay. so I had heard, you know, from I moved here from Rio, from Rio. Yeah. yeah. So he had just come to come to the U S um, and he had this like little school in the bottom of this restaurant, it was kind of like a little dungeon. It had no windows and, you know, it was gross and smelly. And you turn the lights on in the morning and like the roaches would like scatter off the mats and stuff. I mean, it was, you know, it was like where he started, where he has now. Now he's a beautiful academy and sure. it's super sure, successful. Of course, and stuff. Of course, yeah. um, but I saw so one of my students, long story short, had gone down there 
uh, to check it out because they're like, I heard this guy just moved here. I heard he's really famous. He's a black belt under Holes Gracie. And I was like, really? What? Like, really? Yeah. Crazy. So I looked him up and I was like, oh my God. Yeah, this guy's like, this is the shit. And uh, so about two weeks after that, they were like hooked. They were like, I've never, they went down there for class. They were like, I've never seen anything like this guy. You got to gotta check this guy out. He's incredible. Um, so I, I was just driving again after like, you know, not being able to drive or do anything. I was my right knee. So I got in my car. I was like one of my first voyages back. I'd driven in like months and I like drove down to Marcio school and uh, I opened the door and he was just like, hey, brother, like huge <laughs> hug, like the friendly, like he was my best friend, like the friendliest dude I've ever met. Like, um, I don't know if you've ever met Henzo, sure. but very similar. Per- they, that's just my, that's Marcio's brother-in-law, it's Henzo. Oh, okay. Exact same personality. Just like the warmest, nicest most like real dude you'd ever meet so friendly to everyone like everyone you know and he's always like that's not an act it's not because you're walking into school and he wants you to sign up he's like he's just who he is he's a nice guy and and so immediately felt like super at home there watched the class i was like just showing like some basic thing but like with a couple little details i was like i've never seen that before oh my god this guy's like it was like blowing my mind basically the first day and um and that was it. And I was like, as soon as I'm healthy, this is where I'm going to train. I don't care if it's 40 minutes away. I'm going to, I'm going to drive here every day if I have to. Right. How many and black belts did Holes give out? <clears throat> Original, I think he officially gave out six. They say it, they call it like the famous yeah, five, but yeah, I think he gave out six, six altogether. But and he's yeah. one of them. One of the only. But man, what a cool guy. And like, and that was uh, 2006, 2007. And I've been there ever since. I got my brown belt from him and my black belt from him uh, eventually. But, you know, I started going there and I kind of got, you know, got to know him. And eventually I started uh, teaching a few classes there in the morning or I would help out. And I, I didn't have my own academy. I was just being a student again, which was great because, um, you know, that's what I, what I really needed at that point was just to start learning again and just be a student. And like, you know, I, I thought I knew, like, I mean, I was a purple belt. I thought I knew like a fair amount of stuff, but I realized like I didn't know anything when I went there. Like, it was just like, man, he's just adding these little details to moves or reteaching me how to do these things that I thought I knew how to do that I sort of learned. Like, I wouldn't say I learned them wrong, but I just didn't learn them like completely, yeah. you know, I did, or, or I just didn't pay enough attention. Um, so it was cool. And I, yeah, I've been there ever since, man. And he's just, he's awesome. And I still, I still train there every week. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like he is still like this diamond <clears throat> in the East coast. Like yeah, he's a lot just, of people don't know about, he's just starting to get his, his props, which is, which is, for, for me, really cool to see because, yeah, you're right. For a long time, I think he was sort of, you know, you got these guys like Jacare, um, all these guys yeah. he came up with yeah. that have like, you know, these, you know, the guys from Grace Baja and the, these guys are all like pretty, you know, he grew up, came up in this era with all these guys and, and he was essentially because his, his wife was a member of the family. He, he basically grew up with like all these Gracies and grew up training with all these guys and has like amazing like you know history with all these guys and he's just starting to get i think now recognized for being like so amazing um which is great for me to see because he's you know i love that guy to death he's like you know he's like a second father to me he's great so well i feel like the you know press in general especially sports press is going to work with numbers first so they're going to go how many you know world championships has this guy won in the last five years most of the people that we know in jujitsu outside of you know the people who have been involved for a long time like you guys are going to be because of some objective number which is easy to see. I mean, so, you know, Keenan won this, so he must be the best. But I, I love this idea that these are these people that have just been fantastic the whole time. 
And the only difference is that they just didn't do it that way. They're just doing it their yeah, own but way. In his day, he was right. that guy. I feel like I heard about Hickson talking his about day, his triangle. Man. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, in his day, he was the he was like yeah. an amazing competitor. Like oh, I don't mean to take anything day. away from that. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Right. No, but you're right. You hear about those guys now because, because now who's talking about what happened in 1997? Which is funny because you think about the book of knowledge that you get. Like I'm not taking like Keenan's an amazing competitor but it's but just because a guy goes and like wins a world championship or whatever mm. doesn't mean he's a great teacher it's also how, how, doesn't did you mean, say that like seven times in a row yeah that is one of the reasons why I love this podcast and it is two separate things sometimes but I not think, necessarily yeah. no you're absolutely right just one doesn't equate the other for sure Definitely. you're good at because you're an amazing jujitsu guy or amazing competitor doesn't make you a great teacher just because you're a great or just, teacher or doesn't good make you a great game. competitor right? yeah definitely it's like you know they're mutually exclusive but <laughs> a, a guy like Marcio, that 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 book of knowledge. A like I'm a big fan of lineage. Like mm-hmm. not that you can't learn great jujitsu from someone that's not famous or wasn't directly from Rio yeah, yeah, or like wasn't sure. like a, nope. you know. And you know we're both lucky to have awesome lineage. Yeah, yeah. And I I'm a huge fan of that. But like you know you take that as a piece, and then the, just the book of knowledge. Like he's been around. He's never stepped away from the sport. He's not the kind of yeah. guy that that doesn't teach classes or like he, he no, he's always, always on the mat and like where's his academy it's in Norwalk Connecticut it's about uh, 35 minutes 40 minutes south of here so close to New York City do you still um, have a connection do you still go yeah there? I train every week there every Wednesday oh, yep. oh okay Wednesday, so you guys if you're listening you should we go just, check him uh, out yeah it's Gracie Sports USA is, is his website um, and he's got some you know affiliate Makar my, my BJJ Makaha my, my BJJ we need to go visit him definitely, definitely man he's, he's awesome and um Still there every week. Still talk to him like all the time. Have him come up. See the highest ranked guy. On He's the definitely East Coast one of them. I think Monsur, uh, Master Monsur, oh, yeah, is, yeah. is seventh, seventh degree or eighth degree red belt maybe. Yep. Uh, but he's Marcio's right there, yeah, for sure. I think he's definitely up there with you know. I don't think there's too many other coral belts around. Growing trees, not running around Maine and New Hampshire. But yeah, he's uh, you know, and the thing about him is he's so down to earth, man. He like. You know, he'll call you up and just be like, hey, how you doing? Or he'll, you know, if it's my birthday, he'll call me up and just sing to me. You know, he's just, <laughs> yeah, he's just like That's that. And he's like that with everybody. Yeah. He's just a warm, warm guy. He, um, We did a, a, a camp in Mexico about a month ago, uh, two months ago now. We got to talk about that in a second. Yeah, yeah. But, but I'm saying, he, he, we brought him yeah. to Mexico yeah. and, uh, you know, to visit my, I have some really good friends down there in, in Puerto Escondido, which is one of the most beautiful, amazing yeah. places in the world in Oaxaca State. And we brought him down there, and, you know, it was just awesome, man. Everyone, like, him and uh, this other guy, Crowler Gracie, who's his, his nephew, is amazing, too. Great, great guy to, yeah, <laughs> great guy to train with, too. Crowler's awesome. Um, and we just had the best time. And Marshall was, like, with everyone there, like, everyone's just so, like, warm and fun and friendly, wants to hang out with everybody. And well, how just, amazing it must have been for him. You guys set this whole thing up. Yeah, it was, like, it was rad, and he wanted thing. to come. We were just happy to have him. It was an honor beautiful. to have him. He still surf? Yeah, he tried to surf. I think his shoulder was bothering him a little bit that day, so he didn't surf too much. Yeah. But um, I bet if he was healthy, man, he'd still be kicking ass. It's the problem with living in the Northeast. If you're a surfer, you're, a surfer, you're like, you you know, yeah. or you have to wear a wetsuit or something. Yeah, yeah, it's always cold. The waves aren't big. They're yeah. inconsistent. Yeah. Usually when the waves hey, are big, the weather sucks. Some la- remember, remember uh, you know, the wedge in... Uh, Newport Beach. That place is Some dangerous, lady dude. Eaten. I mean, she's not dead, but she got bit by a great white shark. Yeah, yeah, no thanks. Yeah. This place uh, it, it, up in Newport Beach is like this. The beaches kind of converge in this V. Yeah. The waves are insanely huge. I'm like, like, and it's a shore break. 
So you can walk down on wet sand and you watch the waves come up like, like this and crash the sand. And, no, then, and then kind of die right before out. they yeah. get to your feet. Right. Yeah, but so super dangerous. That's how, so Puerto, uh, I mean, not all the beaches are like, there's different beaches and stuff and I'm not by no means a, a, a surfer. I mean, I've gone a couple of times and I'm pretty terrible, but um, you know, it's fun. <laughs> But uh, man, that's it's called like the Mexican Pipeline. I mean, that's nice. like a famous big wave surfing place. Like yeah. best surfers in the world. Like you know, twenty, thirty foot wave. That's what I need. Mean, like you can tell, like that break is like you know, like you don't surf there unless you're like an expert. Um, you know, and crazy. so those guys weren't. You know, I don't think they took Marcio to that beach, but you know, he was at another beach, and I think that you know. Um, but I think back in the day, he was yeah, he was a pretty legit surfer too. Nice. You know? I think that was his first thing before jujitsu was surfing. Isn't that yeah. o- Oaxaca like a uh, like a big pro wrestling like Mexican pro wrestling? <laughs> Luchadors, yeah. Lucha Libre, Lucha Libre, yeah, love it. so cool. I got He's a mask. <laughs> I got a mask. I love that shit. How did you get involved like to switch things? But I see next to you, you got the BJJ Globe Trotter book. Oh, how'd you kill me? How did you get involved? I guess with we'll come back. The BJJ Globe Trotters. Yeah, so I because you're like travel I just, around I just love to travel and I've, I've been traveling for like years now and um my wife and I we just like my wife uh, was this was a, a teacher for a Spanish teacher for for little kids for for a number of years now she teaches English as a second language but so we just love to travel and like you know it started with kind of just going to some like Latin American countries like Peru and a few other places and uh staying there for like you know a few weeks at a time and everywhere I'd go because I was like at that point you know this was you know, nine, ten years ago, whatever, I was still, like, super into jiu-jitsu, and I just bring my gi, and, like, wherever we went, so I was like, wherever we go, I'm bringing a gi, I'm gonna find a, a school, I'm gonna train, and, you know, so I just started doing that, and then I didn't realize at the time, like, ten years ago, that, um, that that, that was, like, a thing, you know, like, I just, like, I, I'm, I'm traveling, um, and then, uh, I started, uh, I think I heard Christian, Christian Graugart, who's the guy that started the BJJ Globetars thing from Denmark, he's a, he's a buddy of mine, like, he, started uh this blog because he was going to take a trip around the world and he, he was on some podcast talking about it some bjj podcast and i started listening to it and i was like oh man this guy sounds pretty cool like i'm gonna check out his blog so i started you know when he went on the trip a few weeks a month later a week later whatever i started following the trip um and he just started going everywhere and i i think at one point he was coming to new york and i emailed him like hey if you want to come to connecticut he didn't end up coming this far or whatever but I, you know hey come come train in my academy you're welcome to stay on the couch um which I'm sure my wife probably would have loved because she loves when every visitor in the world comes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just started, I started sort of getting into reading about it. And then he had a camp uh, the next year in Copenhagen where he's from. And I was like, you know what? This looks like a cool experience. I'm going to, I'm going to go to Copenhagen and check this camp Holy out. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, so I just went, I just bought a plane ticket and I went to Copenhagen and it was like one of the best weeks of my life. Like unbelievable. I met like people from all over the world all over Europe. Um, I just made some really cool friends and that was four or five years ago. And he's then, doing them everywhere now. Right? Now he is. So that, so that kind of started it. And then um, he had a, I think it was actually Gianni Grippo was supposed to teach at that camp. And then his girlfriend had gotten sick or something. So he had had to come home early. So he was like short instructor. So I actually like was like, Hey man, I know I'm not Gianni, but uh, if you need someone to teach a class, I'll totally, you know, I'll teach a class. No problem. And he was like, he didn't really know who I was or anything, but he was like, oh, okay. So he let me like teach a class. In Copenhagen? Yeah, at the camp. Yeah. Um, so I just taught a class. And then after after the class, I guess maybe like one or two people might have liked my class. Okay. So he was like, hey, uh, if you want to come back and do another one, you know, and then he had another camp. Uh, and it just kind of happened organically like that. We became friendly. And then through Globetrotters, I met all these other guys that were teaching there and I made friends with them. And then like a dude from Iceland came to visit me and then like a dude from Mexico came to visit me and then next thing I know it was just like part of it and he 
would have a camp and I would go and he would, I would teach and now I'm just, yeah, kind of doing it a little more. It's, it's awesome, man. It's such yeah. a cool way to meet people and train and jujitsu is just a catalyst for like building community. That's all it is, right? Like anything else could be music, could be like punk scene, could be like skateboarding, could be like anything that you're, any subculture that you're into, but it's basically just a way that a group of people like get together and like find some kind of commonality. It's and awesome. That's, thing. And that's what Globetrotters is. It's just like yeah. people from all over the world. It's a big sociology experiment, like all getting together and training and hanging out. Celebrate what you love. We talked about yeah, just having a good time. It's awesome. We talked about it before. It's like when you actually roll with a dude, you 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 get to know people really quickly. You know, you get to know a lot about their personality. You get a lot to know. Yeah, for sure. And then off the map, right? Sweet. Then like Jay beats me up, and then we go out a beer and we shoot shit, and right. And and you kind of almost become with some people, you become friends or sort of a funny version of a friend really quickly. Yeah, it's not like. Maybe just sort of knowing someone from work or whatever, yeah. you know. So now picture like three hundred people on one That's, mat in yeah. Belgium, yeah. all rolling with each other, right. and then like that night in the town square, you go yeah. out and there's like this giant long table, and you got yeah. like seventy people at the table all drinking yeah. and hanging out. Oh, hey man, you yeah. have to roll up, do roll stuff, and you're like. You start right. talking to them, oh, hey, where are you from? Like, oh, that's cool. Like, I was there, like, five years ago. Oh, yeah, did you go to this place? You know, and you sort of... So good. It just yeah. flows that way. And, like, so that, for me, is been a catalyst. Uh, I met, like, these guys, like, uh, from, you know, like, this guy, Daniel from Amsterdam. This this guy, Eric, who's actually training out and living out in uh, San Diego now. Is that the wrestler? Yeah, Eric Bardak. Yeah. yeah, I met him in um, Pan Am. Great guy. Year. And, like, all these, so, and Christian and, um, you know, just all these guys, like, in St. Bars in this tiny little island in the middle of nowhere in the Caribbean and just like just made some these amazing friends and, and I bet you they know uh, Melissa Bartlett yeah and Mel- I know Melissa too yeah <laughs> Melissa teaches there when I go visit uh, yeah I know Melissa and uh, you know just really she's awesome just like really rad people you know and it's all through this this just this weird sort of network of people that is growing and growing and growing and now it's like you said he's doing camps everywhere and New Hampshire, um, if you will. Yeah. I'm coming to New Hampshire. I think it's sold out. Amazing, it's amazing, sold out, amazing yeah. thing to get to be part of. And uh, yeah. I just, I just kind of randomly was like, hey, I like to travel and I'm going to check this out. And now I think there's so many people that like love jujitsu, love to travel, love to like have these experiences and make, make friends. And, and so it's like sort of a natural, like, you know, just blown up kind of thing because of that. You yeah, know? imagine you're going to get repeat business because people are just going to want to do it over and over again, right? And oh, yeah, man, that camp, here, like, I get that, to go somewhere else. And I get part of, like, I mean, else. I'm looking yeah. forward to training at the camp, and, yeah. you know, but the jiu-jitsu really for me is, like, a secondary thing. Right. I'm more looking forward to, like, seeing my friends right. and yeah. hanging out and just, like, meeting up with guys that I haven't seen in, like, a year, like, you know. Immersing the community a little bit. Just, like, hanging out and just seeing these guys, and we've been talking a lot, you know, oh, yeah, no, we're going to do this, we're going to go eat at this place, or... We yeah. went up and uh, dropped powder off at that camp last summer, and uh, besides being a little bit late, it was really, 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 really <laughs> cool. Trying to, dude, trying was... to keep Chris Howard on a schedule is not an dude, easy. Dude, it it's impossible. <laughs> that was impossible, but uh, it was a gorgeous <laughs> place. And, we should like, go next year. So awesome! Yeah, it was fun, man. That camp was awesome, and they each have it's really like. They're all equally awesome, but they each have like a little bit of a different like vibe yeah. to them and a few like some different people. And like Christian's kind of the the social director and the guy that kind of holds everything together. But then there's it's sort of the cool thing is it's sort of taken on this like life of its own. Yeah. Where these, now these guys after the camp's over are like coming down to train or like I've met like guys like Ali Geddes and some other guys that are like, you know, pretty, pretty high level guys. And, and now Ali will come and teach here for a week when he's in the U.S., and then because Ollie's here, like just random people from the Globe Trials will come visit when Ollie's here because they want to, not because they like me, because they want to see You know what I mean, though? Oh, it's yeah. like, so it, it kind of spirals like that and it, it sort of formed these things where like everywhere you go, there's this community thing where uh, called Matt Surfing that he set up where anywhere that you travel in the world, you can basically look 
it's almost like it's couch surfing for jujitsu. It's yeah, called yeah. mat surfing yeah. and you can like find, you know, okay, hey, I'm going to Switzerland. This guy, oh, these guys are in these cities, you know. Hey, man, I'm coming. Oh yeah, cool. I got a couch. I'll take you to my academy. Because it's, so it's so just awesome. Grow, it's just fostering that and growing it and growing it and you know on these like micro levels where anywhere you travel, even if it's not to a camp. Right. You know, and to that end, like you guys were a very similar situation for me. Like I met you guys because like my parents moved to Maine, and I was like, I want to find a place to train. And I looked up the website, and you guys had literally like just opened. And uh, I was like, you know, whatever it was, four or five years ago, when I was up there the first time. It's a scary building. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, not that scary. I mean, I you know, compared no, to where I live, no cockroaches. Like, yeah. no, it was fine. It was nice. I thought it was nice, but like, um, you know, it was the same kind of thing. I walked in. I'm like, I I don't know what these guys are gonna be like. Are they right. gonna be like cool to me? Or are they gonna be like yeah, you know? bulldoggy? Yeah. Right. But you know, you never know, right? And I've been to some schools around the world traveling, like not globetrotter places, but like I've been to some schools like in France and a few other places where like I've been like. Oh, these guys are literally trying to physically kill me. Like, I'm not going to make it, make it out of here, you know? Right, like, right. You never really know, but it's, it's that same fun. kind of thing. I looked you guys up, I'm like, emailed or called or whatever, and uh, I think it was Derek or whoever, maybe you, yeah. were like, sure, man, come in. Like, you know, right. they were, you guys were all, like, super nice to me and cool. So and, much fun to have visitors. Yeah, it was yeah, rad, so man. And I was fun. like, all right, so now I know next time I come up here that I got a cool place to train. Yeah. These guys were really nice. And I think that, like, being able, having jujitsu, <laughs> and so when you travel, it's, like, so much better to, like, so you go, whatever, to Pan Ams or wherever you go. And, like, you meet these people that live there, and then when you do jujitsu and you talk to them, then all of a sudden they want to tell you about all the places that you should really go or take you to this place. Yeah, and it's, right. like, all of a sudden you have this instant connection. It's like having a tour guide, right? It really like, is, oh, man. Yeah. It's like, I was, when I was in, I was in Paris uh, two or three summers ago now, might have been... Was it three? I don't remember. Two or three, maybe three summers ago with my wife, we were traveling. We actually did like a home exchange. So these people that needed to come to Yale to do research, uh, one the, the woman was American and the, her husband was French and he was like finishing his PhD or something. And Yale is cool because it like brings all these people from all yeah. over. So he had put this ad, they had put this ad up on this home exchange website like, hey, we need a house in New Haven, Connecticut. And we're like, we got a house. <laughs> Random, you know. And then, um, but they were like right outside of Paris in this suburb. It's actually Saint Denis, where all the bombing crazy oh, shit went yeah. on the stadium. Was. Yeah. We were right there. Yeah, yeah, but still a beautiful place. Yeah, but so the so we actually ended up swapping houses with these people That's for awesome. like three weeks and going to Paris. Um, and you know, I met I met the, a couple guys and you know there that were. I mean, I went to one school there where the guys were a little bit rough, but then I went to this other school and I met this dude Olivier and this other guy Arthur and they were like globetrotter guys. And they were, and Christian actually gone there on his trip and yeah. they were super rad. Like I had never met that guy. He invited me like after the class, Olivier was the black belt. Like the next day he's like, uh, I got some mats in my house. Why don't you come to my house? Like right outside of Paris in the suburbs. So I took like a two hour train ride. His wife made us meet dinner. Oh, we rolled in his awesome. basement. Yeah. I mean, it was just like a cool, yeah. you know, that's not the kind of experience you're going to get as like a tourist right. going to like the Eiffel Tower. Right. It's like. He's showing me all these little like places and that, you know, it's it really cool, man. So I think it, it is that catalyst to like really get to know a place and the culture of the place and like the people. And you can do that through jujitsu just like you could from through like anything, you know. I had that Pretty same cool. experience in Paris. Like I guys were like, you know, I went to the Baja Academy, yeah. Jules Cafetal, yep. his place. And they were like, like, welcome me in. Like, you know what I mean? Didn't speak a lick of French, obviously. French, <laughs> I, I mean, I tried. But the common, the I common mean, language. Switch to English and like, yeah, oh, like, oh, yeah, thank God. Yeah. And, you know, Zero but the common language is jujitsu for them. And they're happy to have somebody from out of town for sure. train. And like, here's yeah. where you got to go. Here's where you got to go. I work at this restaurant. Come in, I'll buy you a beer. Oh, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. get to see right, places. Yeah. That's why, like, people that, there are academies where they don't want their students training other places. 
And it is so limiting to your growth, not only jujitsu wise, but like the things you experience, like I love going to place. Yeah. Is it, you know, when you first start doing, is it easy to walk through the door of a new academy with someone like, especially in a different country, but especially with a black belt on where it's like, Oh, I don't know how this is going to target on my back. You know, but if you, you get used to it a little bit and you get, you have these experiences where that are, that are just, they're priceless. You know what I mean? You start doing that. You start to experience the community of jujitsu that's out there now worldwide. Absolutely. I mean, you're a great example of that. Like you, like the countries you can list that you've trained are just amazing. You can find that anywhere though, man. I mean, you can literally find jujitsu anywhere now. And, uh, if you get involved with like, man, you know, the globetrotters is one way to do it. But like, through the Globetrotters and through that like message board and all those people, I've literally like, I've made this connection with this guy in Mexico. He's become like one of my students and a really like, really good friend of mine. Like we have a like really, we get along like super well. He's like, I consider him like a really close friend now and we talk all the time and, and his family. And I've gone there like five, six times now to, to train and to teach. We just had a camp there. I've met like, you know, these guys and gotten to go teach in all these different places. I'm going to Sardinia in nice. July with my wife for two weeks. I mean, like it's, it's like on Italy, off Italy. Oh, um, I knew that. Yeah. yeah. And they just had a camp there at this guy's school. Um, you know, and just stuff like that, man. It's like, those are experiences. And I'm not like, you know, I'm no world-class like black belt or anything. I'm no like famous dude or anything, but it's just like getting to share jujitsu and travel and go to some cool place and meet people. And like, yeah, I'm all about that. Bad. I don't care. Like, yeah. Brad, Brad I don't need to be this tough. Yeah, I don't need to be yeah, like, the this guy in the world. I just want to like train and travel and hang out and have fun. And eat I don't know. That's yeah, what and you're bringing. You you're bringing that, something you know, to you like totally do that. You're so. bringing something awesome. to us and all these other people of all these experiences that you have experienced. You know what I mean? So you've been out. You're bringing like so maybe you're not world champion or whatever, but you have an amazing amount of experiences that you can share. I, I think with you're, all saying, of us. You're, you're saying also the more you do it, the more those experiences stack up, right? So when you do go, you know, you have all these interesting uh, roles. You have all these different ways of looking at jujitsu that came from all over the world, all over the world, and uh, that's something just right there is where yeah, the or like things that guys are doing and like how they're teaching or how they're training. Yeah. And the other thing that's cool about it is in a lot of these places, like. You know, this is one of the things that's so cool about what Christian's kind of built with the Globetrotters and stuff is, like, there's these guys in these, like, totally, like, remote places all over the world, like, training jiu-jitsu and getting, like, good at jiu-jitsu. Like, without, I saw it, like, in the book, he went to Moldova without, like, yeah, like, without, like, any, like, real, like, black belt instruction or, like, guys are, like, high-level dudes under, they're just building it from scratch. Like, these dudes, like, way up in the north of Iceland who are, like, the, you know, like, some of the toughest dudes I've ever trained with. Like, one of my buddies, Haldor, who came and, and stayed here. Um, and, what a great name yeah and, <laughs> I mean, and, 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 and you know those guys his teacher and those guys his teachers are black belt now I mean and, and those guys are just like amazing guys super tough or like you know there's jujitsu in Greenland they just had a camp in Greenland yeah. I mean like all, all over the place and just these totally like remote places where you'd be like oh I'm in Greenland oh wait there's a jujitsu guy no people here. live there yeah right but I mean it, that's the point right yeah. like it's it's this uh, community and it, it, what it, I think what it shows you is that you you can have this like sort of group of people all over the world like you can have people visit you and you can bring people to you you don't have to have that like academy with eight black belts or you know seven world champions or whatever you can you can sort of get really good in all these places and just like find all this knowledge and like sharing, people out like that will come visit techniques. you or you can travel to like their you know and it's 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 really cool I, I think that's you know that's such a free thing now. And you're right. I think that is like, right. A lot of the mentality now about jujitsu has changed probably since you, you and I started. I mean, even back in the day when I started, it was like, we trained with our guys. There, I mean, there wasn't a lot of places to train at that point either. Right. right. But like, there also wasn't the internet. There wasn't like 
cross training now, even around here, like we have, uh, you know, these, my buddy Lou, uh, who, who's another school around here. We do like, he does like comp training every Sunday. Guys from all these different schools come. He cross trains with me. I cross train with him, with these, this guy and that guy. And we're not on the same team, but we like share information and love jujitsu. We've competed against each other. I mean, like, but we're friends and we share stuff. And, and that's how jujitsu is now. Like you can, you can travel and seek out like, you can go to Marcelo's Academy. You can watch Marcelo's whole game on the internet. Like, right. Right, that information, the availability that sharing of information, of information is, is like, yeah, and it's just that that attitude about <clears throat> like training from anyone and learning from anyone and sharing like a video of a technique you're doing or having guys come and train with you that aren't from a different team or a different school, like that that whole like politics part of it is like the worst. Thankfully, part. it's the worst part, but it's thankfully I think it's kind of dying. I mean, there's Seems still like it is little I pockets so. of that here and there. I think guys that are like very old school and that, that mentality. Like we don't. There's schools around here like that. They don't want their guys to train right. with other people, but it's so stupid because like you know it's like telling your kid that um, they can't have a beer, you know, and that, that alcohol is terrible. And then when they get to college, it's like girls gone wild. They're just like going crazy. They're just bugging out because it's like. Overload, right? Forbidden fruit, the forbidden fruit. You know, so well, I mean, you, you could definitely, you could definitely right. run a business before <laughs> the internet on the secrets that you knew, as long as no one else knew the secrets. So I'd imagine that applies to jujitsu to a certain extent. <laughs> well, but now there's not the internet secrets there's, anymore. That's exactly yeah, what I'm saying. And, and this, it's evolving so <laughs> fast. And I think that the, the 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 like the secret type thing that that is like trying to control something that doesn't belong to you. Right, right. Wow. I mean, but what? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Correct. Right on, right on. And yeah. but it wasn't yours in the first place. It wasn't yours in the first place. And I think, like, <clears throat> when you when you're experienced with jujitsu like that, like I think, like I think about where you've been, and I'm like, the jealousy is like overflowing now as we've talked to you. <laughs> right. Places. You want to go Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go. Sardinia's calling. I'm going to Belgium for a couple weeks. Come with me. And the but you're understanding. I don't mean. And the techniques come the more guys you train with, like you'll learn new stuff. But what jujitsu means to you has now become this much bigger thing and this much bigger part of your life that wouldn't happen if you were training someplace or if you owned a place where you like don't train other places. They lock you in this thing. Don't go to those other places. Think about the experiences that you wouldn't have had in an environment like that. And it's like, it's almost depressing to think think of that. It's depressing. And it's silly too to try to tell like a grown. Yeah. adult person who pays you who pays you for like something right that that you have this sort of like almost power over them that you have the ability to like <laughs> over tell them that they can or can't like talk to somebody else or <laughs> train with somebody else like, wow. you think about, really if you put wow. that in the terms of like a relationship in any other part of your life it's like abusive. if, if my wife was like i don't yeah. want you going out um, of the house unless I'm with you and uh, I don't want you to wear that jujitsu shirt because your muscles look like too big and other people are going to look at you and they're, I'm going to get jealous like I mean it's so you know I'm just using that as an example <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that to me all the time <laughs> <laughs> the point you're is you're not here but you can't see the lights yeah, yeah, like, think about on. how ridiculous that right. is and you're basically you're what you're telling like a student that like right. you, who's you, paying I, you which is the crazy part right. this guy yeah. because you know dude you're you're an adult like you can do whatever the fuck you want. Like, right. oh, it's so yeah. stupid. Like, and I, I love our academy. I love it to death. I love it. But I love going to other places when we're when like coming down here today. I love the whole thing of yeah, the whole I, thing. It, it's my it. job. My job. So no mistake. There's nothing in the academy that says you can't train anywhere else. Nobody. Don't misunderstand what George is saying. Our, our you academy. Talking? You can't go easy. anywhere. 
Our academy is uh, it encourages everybody to it's train wherever like, you will. It's right. almost sure. like there is a right. sign that says right. train other places. Yeah, yeah. it is. You should yeah, absolutely. Well, because, because we believe in our jujitsu. Yeah, too, and everyone know, just like, benefits from it too, right? right. If my student goes to New York and like trains with, at Unity or with Marcelo yeah. or something, they're bringing or, something back. They're bringing some awesome stuff back, and there's just, like so many guys around here that are really good that you can learn from that have been around forever that yeah. like I learned from, and it's like why wouldn't you take advantage of that if you can? If they're willing to like help you get better, you should take advantage of it. And like, I think that's what it is. Like, better, right? I'm not that insecure about our, like, I think like, I think we have a good community and I think like, I'm not by any means like the best teacher or the best practitioner. The modesty is killing but, me. No, like, if, no, you, if you've thinking, been on the mat with no, them, you know. I'm not saying like I'm like terrible, but I'm just saying, you know <laughs> what I mean? It's like, it is what it is. Like, but the point is like, if someone is like, I'm going to get something out of going somewhere else and I'm going to have a better time, like. Of course, you when you if you lose a student or you, someone leaves that you care about, you feel like upset. You know, you feel a little upset about it, or a little insecure about it. But like, for the most part, for every guy that leaves, there's like a whole bunch of guys that are like, I really like Jay's class, and I want to go to Jay's class, and Jay's my teacher, and they're loyal to you. Right. That doesn't mean they can't go train. Absolutely, Absolutely. Jay, it's like go train. Right? You're still their teacher. You know what right. I mean? Right. Like it is what it is. And so it's like, and I'm not. You know, like we're we're planning a trip later this mm-hmm. summer, like to go to go to Unity, and I'm like. I'm going to go too. I want to train with Mario Santana. Like, I know what's going to happen when I roll with him, but I don't care. And I don't care if they uh, yeah. see. Like, that I want is, it to happen. That place is wait. absolutely crazy. I've been there a few times for, like, the pro training, and it's, like, it's absolutely crazy. I'm like, I'm getting my ass kicked by blue belts. This is insane. But, I mean, it's, it's fun. Yeah. It's a tough fun. room. It's fun. Right. And it's... Uh, and those guys have that attitude. They're like, we're happy if anyone... They'll put you if up. They'll some, find a way place for you dude, to stay. If we have some new guys to, to to beat up, like on yeah, Thursday, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're like we're stoked. And, yeah, you know it. what I mean? They want. Those I, guys gotta, want to, I gotta eat. They want to train hard, and like if you're there, like let's train hard. Yeah, they're happy to have you. They want to. They're gonna beat you up just like they're gonna beat the other guy up or whatever. Like right. you know, it's gonna be good. So yeah, yeah. we had a guy. Um, so we have a brown belt up in uh, like. Way East Bumfuck, man. I don't know. Bar Harbor. Bar Harbor. That is East Bumfuck. Bar Harbor. I've been there. Bar Harbor. It's like three hours north of Plessis. That's one of the most unbelievably beautiful places. Totally worth the trip. And we had, so like one of Sponsorship from the Bar Harbor Tourist Board is coming. That's right. That's right. I'll tell you. Acadia is one of my favorite places. We had a great trip. So we went up. We went up. You guys are listening. Yeah, we love yep. your place. No. We love yep. it. We went up. We went up there, and he, he, a couple of his students, like one guy owned like a campground where they had like cabins, and oh, other guys like the lobster fishermen. Best. Started a big fire. Badass. Like guys showed up with a hundred lobsters. Like yeah, it was so ridiculous. And, and he went, <laughs> and he went down to Unity. Very expensive scotch. And he went down to Unity. He crashed on someone's couch for like lived with like, those guys. Lived with he those lived guys, with the, and like they welcomed him in with open arms. Yeah, and, he slept on their, their was, floor. Talking to Maria with the Pan Ams. Open that. I was I was talking to Maria with the Pan Ams. He goes, Nick, right? The guy from Acadia. And I'm like, Nick, the guy from Acadia. Yeah, that's caveman. Right. That's right, man. The caveman. It's cool. Like that's. I think that's the way it should be. And like, think about those experiences that people are having because they do that and because <clears> someone isn't trying to control them or tell them what to do. And it's like, you're gonna tell me that I can't go train with Mario Santana, like. I have watched the guy absolutely own people. Like, if I can just like. Rub off of him just a little bit of that shit. Right. Like you're naturally gonna get better training with those guys, no matter totally. what. They're good. They're like they're those guys are at like the pinnacle, or like Marcelo's got. You know, those guys are like at the yeah. pinnacle of the sport. So that's stands to reason that like you'd seek those guys out if you want to get better. And like, not that there aren't guys around here that are gonna help me and push me. There are sure everybody does. My teacher is like always teaching me, and I'm always learning from Marcio and the guys there. But like, 
you know, yeah, I think, you know, that's the cool thing for me too to observe, even at Marcio's school, right? Where like, um, and at the camp, like you know, that we did in Mexico, where uh, Croyler Gracie was, who's an awesome teacher too, and, and shows a lot of cool stuff. Like he was showing uh, a couple positions and like Marcio was on the mat, like doing the positions. And then when he got back teaching some of the positions, so it's like, he's open-minded and humble enough to learn from like dudes that are like in their twenties. These guys been training jujitsu for forty years, and he's like right. learning from these guys. Clark Gracie just did a seminar at the school. He's showing like some of the stuff that Clark showed, and like nice. Uh, he go his son, like Naaman, who's fighting in belts right now. Like he's, he teaches at Henzo's Academy in Manhattan. That kid's so, tough. Naaman's awesome, yeah. And he like, but he'll go and train with those guys, and then he'll he'll be like, he came up. Uh, it was probably three, four months ago, and he's like, pulls me aside. And he's like, bro, let me show you this. And he shows me. He's like, put me in the choke, and I'm defending it. And he shows me this crazy like arm like shoulder wrist thing that like one of the guys showed him. I mean, he's like always like, he's like a little kid still like when it comes to learning, he's still like got that beginner's mind and he's like always like trying to find like cool stuff and like adding on to what he already knows, which is a ton of shit, you know? Right. So to see that is cool because that's like makes, just validates for me. Like the idea that like, I don't know, I'm going to go to Belgium and I get my ass kicked by all these guys and I'm going to learn like some cool tricks from this guy and this guy's going to show me this and you know, that's rad. And then I'll have more stuff to bring back. And show my guys and right as a byproduct, it grows and grows, and then your business gets better. That guy's gonna show me something, and I'm gonna be able to like incorporate that or use it in a different way than he does, and I'm gonna be able to like use it to to do something that I like to do and add on to what I like to do already. And so that's the I think that's the coolest thing about jujitsu is like that adding on to like those building blocks. Like you just get all these little pieces, and then you can sort of weave them together the way you want. It's almost essential these days because jujitsu is growing so fast. And the technical pool is growing so fast, you know. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. So let me get this straight. <clears throat> Whoa. Hamden is known for pizza. No, New Haven is known for pizza. New Haven is known for Although pizza. Although Hamden's got some good pies, too. Yeah. So, like, we talk, like, known for pizza. So the New pizza here is called, for your listeners, it's called, it's spelled A-P-I-Z-Z-A. It looks like a pizza. But it's a beats. That's how it's a beats. A beats. A beats. A beats. Just a beats. A beats. And it's like I'm not a New Haven born and bred guy. I've only been here about ten years. But where are you from originally? I'm from about I'm from Hartford, Connecticut, oh, yeah. West Hartford, Connecticut. Yeah, about an hour north of here. But uh, the whale. The whale. Yep. Mike Leute. Yep. Oh, Mike you know Mike Leute? Oh, we want to talk some whale. Yeah, man. I, I, hate, it. I, I hated the whale. So then, I brought Dave Samako. He was my favorite. Yeah, Enforcer. Yeah, like Tiger Williams. I just remember yeah. Mike Leute, awesome. man. I, uh, Mike Leute, Kevin Deneen. Oh, yeah. Kevin Deneen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know those names for sure. Yeah. So when I was a kid, so I actually I grew up in Connecticut. I grew up in Summers, yeah. Did you really? I'm not sure. My Where the prison is. See what I, <laughs> I told you guys. That's the only thing people know about summers. Uh, but my were your my, parents um, per, just paroled recently? Paroled when no. you, uh, my real dad was still in the grill. But thanks for asking. He's in the big house. He's in the big house. Boom boom Mansfield. <laughs> oh uh, no, he um my but my like I played hockey as a kid like and my parents were season ticket holders to the Whalers, so I nice. went to Whalers games. Me too, man. I played. I grew up playing hockey. They had a cool logo, logo, man. The greatest. They did have a great logo. logo. And, um, and that. Yeah. I was actually, a Bruins uh, fan. The band that I played in, or the reggae band I played in for a while, like one of the guys in the band, like we were going to put out one of our other records that we put out, and we were brainstorming names, and he's like, let's call it the Hartford Whalers. It's spelled like W-A-I-L-E-R. That's the best name ever. That's the best name ever. I was ready to hate this, but that's a great name. Fantastic. Isn't that a great reggae album name? The Hartford W-A-I-L-E-R. And you're Hartford Whalers? Yes. 
Because that's yeah. the, when they used to introduce the yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, Eric, oh, well, yeah. well, I mean, what I mean is if you Brass don't know... I wanted to walk yeah. down the aisle yeah. to that my first, when yeah. I first got married, like, Brass years ago, first wedding style. Probably yeah. a tough sell. Yeah, it wasn't a good... Hey, how'd you, uh, how'd you come up with the name Soulcraft, man? So Soulcraft is, uh, actually comes from the Bad Brains, the yeah. uh, old punk band that, uh, is like one of my favorite bands. And, uh, yeah, so that, that's where Soulcraft comes from. They have a song, uh, about Soulcraft and... What's the name of the song? Soulcraft. Well, that's what is that, called. Is that yeah, what it's called? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's just about like, you know, doing, it's like something that fulfills you, something that like completes you, you know? And uh, so, yeah, that, that's kind of where we got it from. But nice. I'm interested in you saying, hey, I want to open up a uh, academy. Hey, I want to open up an yeah. academy. There that's it what is. I mean. Like you're, you're doing your thing <laughs> and something says, I want to open up an academy. You just... Yeah, threw well, everything I, out and went. You just dropped yeah, no, it I mean, and went away from so, shore. So way back when, with the, that that first guy I was talking about, I had, I had an academy for a few years um, together with him. Yeah. yeah. Although yeah. I was doing all the teaching, he was kind of just you're like a purple belt. Right. But going, belt. but going yeah. and doing that must have made it made, must have made that that transition a little easier because you have a partner, right? You weren't like just doing it by yeah, yourself. Yeah, I mean, that was actually all him. I think back in the day where I was like a young kid and he was like, yeah, oh, okay, you should open it. We should open another gym. You should, Brad. You, you can do this. You can teach. I'm like, I don't know. He's like, yeah, you can do it. Well, yeah. So you didn't have to deal with like the accounting and all that shit. No, I didn't. And right. but that kind of did me a big disservice because then when I did want to open this place up, um, when I eventually was like, oh, I think I want to start teaching again. I just, you know, it's just about to get my black belt, and I was like, you know, I think I want to open a gym. And I talked to talked it over with my wife, and um, I didn't know how to do any of that stuff. Uh, I was like a copy editor before in my previous life, so I like the only jobs I had ever really had other than playing music were like writing jobs, you know. So I had never like run a business. I didn't know how to do accounting. I didn't know how to do like any of that stuff, basically, except you know show up and teach jujitsu. So I I was a yeah I was at a huge uh, huge sort of uh, step back from where I should have started. You know, most people are like, oh, I kind of know how to do this. I took accounting in college. I was like. What was the experience like? I mean, it was hard. Yeah, still was hard. That, it was hard. I'm like, still maybe place? like a bad blue belt in business. I mean, I'm trying. Like, we're growing, and the gym's doing excellent. Like, good. Was it this gym? Was it yeah, that it was place? This gym. This, this was the first gym, and we started with about uh, 11 members. How like, long guys that I already knew. That was in 2011. Right. And now we're, we have about 200 members. And, so have you, you expanded know, I'm making, or is, I'm a did you have that whole space in the beginning? No, I didn't even have that building in the beginning. I oh, that's a, what I'm a, saying. Okay, so where I were you? I had two rollout mats at another, cro- the, this CrossFit that's next to us. These guys on CrossFit, they were super generous with me. I, I basically just solicited, cold called them. I was like, hey, uh, I teach jiu-jitsu and I wonder if you guys have any space during night that night. Hey, I want to open an academy. Yeah, like I want to start <laughs> teaching jiu-jitsu a few nights a week. And luckily yeah. those guys were like really, really awesome to me and cool and uh and they let me do it and then as they were going to grow into a bigger spot um they were like hey we got this building and uh you want to take half of it and this is what the rent is and the rent was still really really reasonable and i was like sure and that's the building we were and that's at where we are now and then we sort of grown into it from there yeah so you know, when you had yeah, i just decided that i wanted to you know your question i guess i just decided yeah. like i was teaching a little bit at marcio's and i, I just love teaching that was like kind of the thing that i love i mean i love jujitsu i love rolling and i love competing a little bit but I really like love teaching. That's like my thing. And, and so I just wanted to do it. And I was like, you know, I, I was driving to Marcio's twice a day. I would teach the morning class down there at 6.30 a.m. I was working in New Haven in an office, which is a 40-minute drive with no traffic. And if you've ever been in Southern Connecticut yeah, in the morning strange. on Merritt Parkway. New Haven might be the worst. That <laughs> is Merritt Parkway is crazy. Horrible when there's traffic. I mean, great, beautiful when there's no traffic. But right. 
It's um, two lanes, two and lanes, one lane yeah. is going 40, and the other lane is going 85. So for a while, that was the only road. That, that was a road from New York to Boston. That was right. like yeah. the high, that was the highway in like the 50s. You know, that road is awesome. You go into those old bridges. It's beautiful, and stuff. yeah. But when there's traffic or and somebody hits a deer, right. yeah. So <laughs> every time I've ever been on that road, I think there's been an accident. Yeah, it feels something. like Need for Speed for me. It's like it, it yeah. looks, feels it's like beautiful a beautiful to drive if you're like going 80 and you. Oh, it's awesome. But, it is really cool. You know, um, so you would go twice a day? But I would teach the class down there in the morning, yeah. and then I would drive back to work, and yeah. work all day, and then I would, you know, four or five times a week, maybe four, three, four times a week, whatever, I would drive there at night, and I would train at night. Yeah. It's abusive. And it was, it was getting to be... awesome, right? Like it was great, but it was getting to be a lot, man. I was driving, like, you know, I was doing basically an hour and a half every, every, every trip with no traffic, and yeah. I was doing that twice a day, and... So I finally just, I, I went to Marcio and I was like, hey, you know, I'm still going to come down here and I, I want your blessing. I'm thinking about opening a gym. Would you want, you know, let me use your name? Would you let me, you know, be, be like an affiliate like a, school? Affiliate, yeah, and right. he didn't, at that time, <clears throat> I don't think he had any. Now he's got a bunch of schools under him. He's got like a big association, yeah. but at the time he didn't really have much like that going. So I was like kind of the first, the first one. And I was like, you know, I'm still going to come down here. I'm still going to teach the morning class. And for like the first two years, I still did that morning. And then I would go to my place at night. And it was a lot. But and then eventually he got some other guys to help in the morning. I, I kind of stopped doing it. And I just got on a train. But yeah, I just asked him. He said, yeah, bro, do it. You know, I think it's a cool idea. I'll help you any way you want. And he just was incredibly like supportive and awesome about helping me get started and would come up and teach and wouldn't, would never ask me for any money. And, you know, he was, he was, he was awesome and still awesome. You know? In the beginning you were, you, were you rolling, you said at night, were you rolling like, was it CrossFit on one side of this thing? And you guys you know, were they would, things? they would finish, but I was doing CrossFit with those guys. So I would oh, I see. CrossFit usually. And then they would finish and I would roll the mats out. And right. So my guys, my, time, right? my 10 or 12 guys would come in and we'd train. That was it. So, I, I mean, so then when did you decide to bring in other types of things? Cause I thought that's, I think it's a really cool thing. To see all that happening on the same area. Yeah, so we had uh, we had basically the, the kind of thing where we, we didn't really have a lot of free time because I was only using the time that CrossFit wasn't right, there. Right, right. Um, and then once we had our own spot, then it was easier to you know I think we had started a Muay Thai class in the CrossFit place just on Saturdays because mm-hmm. I had a, a buddy who still coaches Muay Thai at my place. Um, and he is a guy that I trained jiu-jitsu with and he, you know, he wanted to start doing some Muay Thai and I was like, you know, so he did, you know, we had the Muay Thai class and we'd get a few guys to come. And then once we moved into that place, we had a little more freedom with the schedule and stuff. And we just kind of started it and people started coming for just for Muay Thai. And then, um, way back when I started looking at Krav Maga and I was like, oh, this seems like pretty good self-defense stuff. I know people have mixed feelings about it. And some people in the jiu-jitsu community are like, man, it's whatever. But well, it depends on who's teaching it, right? But exactly, I think it depends who's teaching it. And the guy that we have, uh, Britt, he's, he's an amazing teacher, and the guy is just knows has a ton of knowledge, and he's a really good has a really good approach to like how he teaches and stuff. And um, so, I kind of sought him out and sought him and his teacher out, and I was like, you know, maybe we should start something this year because I kind of want to do a little of it. Mm-hmm. And um, and that that was how we started it. And then I was doing it for a while, and then I got hit in the eye pretty good, and my retina detached. Oh. And wow, really? I had to have like eye surgery. So after that, no more, uh, no more getting hit in the face for Brad. So now it's just <laughs> jujitsu for me. But yeah, so the crop program is just sort of growing there, and it's the same kind of thing. I think the idea is like you know we talked about this with jujitsu. Some guys come in, they want to be like the hardcore competitor guys. You want they want you to roll hard with them right away. They want you to like beat them up, and they love it, and they come back for more. Like you know the some of the guys that you've had on, like you know your friend who's like a real high level wrestler. Like they want that. Like they love yeah, that Jimmy. competitive part of it, and I love it too. But 
there's other guys that like come in and they're 50 years old and they have two kids and they want to work out and they just want to learn some self-defense. Or they just yeah. really like doing it, right? They just really like doing it. They want to get out of the house for a few hours. Yeah. They want to shoot the shit with people. Um, you know, and to that end, like with, with the gym, the community, like oh, that we have, like there's guys that, you know, or there's women per, that maybe they want to work out, but they don't want to do jujitsu. It's like a tough sell for some women or there's people that want to do stand up fighting, but they don't really want to do jujitsu. They don't yeah, want to grapple really or they don't want to like have someone dripping sweat in their eye or right. right they don't feel comfortable with it, right? So it's a, uh, it's a. So you got. I think having something. Not saying you want to be like a McDojo where you're like, oh, we have a million different classes, a million. But as long as it's quality stuff, right? And as long as you have good people teaching, it's no different than jujitsu. I think where if you have a quality, like you have a quality instructor, and you have a, you know, who has like a well thought out sort of plan for how you're going to develop, then it's good. And then same with Muay Thai or with Krav or with. Well, it would be suspect. This class yeah. or something like that, right? It you would be. It would be suspect if you like see one people. dude. Who's teaching all of these styles? All at, you know, yeah, you've got a black belt and, and all. It, and maybe not, some places, just, there are some places, and yeah. I know I have got friends that are around here that that they they're like amazing, like JKD guys. Sure, they're black belts in jiu-jitsu. I mean, they, they can do that. They can yeah. teach a strike in class. Like, I'm not saying nobody, but in your case, you're right. bringing in you have really guys, fantastic right. you have specialists in whatever those yeah. areas. So are, Soulcraft yeah. is sort of like this this nexus for all these these. Yeah, great we try, man. We try to like make it so that we have like really good quality instruction for everyone. And if you want to do jujitsu, that's awesome. We have really good guys to do jujitsu with. And if you want to do MMA or stand up or something like that, then there's those guys. And you know, you got to have like that sort of thing. I think for everyone to be able to pick and choose what they want or maybe like I start training jujitsu but um, you know I want to get my wife into it and she tries jujitsu and it's not really her thing or maybe she likes Krav or maybe she wants right. to come to another class or do some Thai or something like that yeah or even get or even just do like a workout while I'm training or my right. kids are training or something or there's a yoga class during the kids class because like some yeah. of the moms come in they do yoga in the other oh, room oh that's fantastic like, you yeah. know so just trying to have like that sort of community where it's like it's that it's, it's reinforcing that idea that like it's really for everybody, right? It's not just for like that one guy that wants to be like the world champion. It's not just for that one guy that wants to fight MMA. We're not an MMA gym. We're like, neither we, you know. I mean, I like MMA. We have guys that are fighting now and training. But, but it's I mean, interesting I never to be like some yeah. kind of amazing MMA guy. I'm not. Yeah. I never fought MMA. Like I'm not. Me I don't ever claim to be like an MMA guy, you know. But I think it is. It's important, like that. I really <coughs> like your 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 offering because you're right. Jiu-Jitsu is not for everybody. And it's, you know, it's sometimes we want to believe that. Yeah, I wish it was. I mean, I wish everyone came in. It was just like, you know. Yeah, I love this and this is for me. But, you know, particularly for women, I think it's tough to be in that environment. And like a lot of women do it and they stick with it. And it's awesome. They end up being really technical and they can be very difficult roles. But some people like, you know, we're in the the business of providing self-defense for people. And if jujitsu is not going to be it, like let's let's not ignore that there's other stuff that can help them. And if it's if it's kickboxing, if it's judo, if it's krav, at least it's something that's like gets you yeah. involved in something that's right. important for your growth and gets you to be part of this thing that you're like trying to build, which is a community, right? Right. Like, but it's, it's the most important part of the other day. Sure, it's the most important part yeah. of it for me. Like I love jujitsu, and I, I'm never claimed to be like a great, the best competitor, the best this or the best that. But like I love it, and I just want to be able to share it with people, and I want them to like be able to be part of. If it's not jujitsu, be part of the community through some other way, and still be able to connect with them. And you know. maybe it leads them to jujitsu. Maybe it does, right? And that's happened, sure, for for real. That's happened, you know, in several cases. I'm sure with Ty is a gateway drug. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Maybe it is. Yes. Right. Or like, it well, is. what are those guys doing? Maybe it happened with Amanda. Out. I mean, Amanda yeah. started with Muay Thai. That's and, awesome. Uh, 
I, I slowly over the years now she suckered her in. And now yeah. she's she turned to the dark side. She's now you're hooked. Silver Pan Am medalist. Right. Uh-huh. I'm hoping some of that rolls up on my wife. Like, you know, I don't. So far, it's she tried for a couple months. It wasn't really her thing. I'm hoping that eventually she's. There's talk now for maybe trying it again. So. There's but no hope for me. Like, I have tried. <laughs> there's no hope. It's interesting the thing that it springs from jujitsu. This this idea of having a, an academy that offers a number of different things isn't new. I mean, it's been around for forever. But this is interesting that it's springing from your original idea, starting from jujitsu outwards, because it creates that same kind of community as jujitsu in these other types of yeah. Things, well, I think you know? the, I think the community comes from like. I mean, it starts obviously with the person that starts it. So maybe me, That's what I'm but saying. then it. The funny thing about it is, like, then it sort of takes on a life of its own where you have all these people that are friends outside through the gym, like, outside of the gym, hanging out together. Uh, maybe even a couple of romances spawn from that, which, you know, maybe not be the best idea in my, in my opinion, but however, um, it happens. And we then, could talk about that. Yeah, I mean, that's probably another <laughs> podcast. I'm sure I could tell you some stories about that. I'm sure you could tell me some stories, but, like, yeah, it's, um, but I think you're right. It does, it, you know, I, I just kind of, Maybe it's like my just selfless need for attention or whatever, but I just kind of want to hang out with people and I like people and I just want to talk to people and it's cool to have like all this, you know, all these people around every day that I get to see and hang out with that are cool and interesting. In our case, because Yale especially, like really smart and like, you know, like a dude who builds robots, hanging out with like uh, a lady who studies like, you know, chemistry and then someone else who's like... Yeah, someone else who's like a, 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 a maybe a working class sort of union dude, and then a guy that works at McDonald's, and and then like a mom of three, and they're all just kind of like hanging out together, they're talking. The same but they would never be together. Never. Right? That that would never happen way. in real life. Like you would never <clears throat> seek that like person out if you didn't have the, you know, the connection of like training or the place or whatever. So yeah, it's cool. So I think that like one of the things <laughs> when cool, we cool. started doing this podcast was like, and you keep talking about community, but like. Part of like starting the podcast was like to expose because people when they think of jujitsu, you know, they think of Brazil, but now it's like Southern California. But there's so many cool the things happening in the Northeast <laughs> right now. Like no shit, what though. you're doing, Marcio. Like we have such a ama- New York. What's happening in New York? Yeah, Boston, you New York, and Connecticut, and and Tom DeBlas and Danner, you know, Henzo's thing, and all the EBI success and Marcelo and Unity and on and on and on and on. Clockwork, all right. these and guys. It's all, it's, it's, it's it, all within a couple hundred miles of here. In some yeah, cases, I mean, it's 30 miles all away All of a sudden, here. Faria is the world champion of world champions, right? And yeah. he trains in the Northeast. I mean, we kind of... We kind of freak. I, I'll just turn it into a question. What do you think? Do you think that the Northeast has sort of a viable community? Do you think I'm just making this shit up in my head? Nah, dude. Jiu-Jitsu is huge here. I love it. You know, there's, there's a huge community. There's a ton of good schools. There's a, a ton of really high-level guys to train with and good academies. And um, But that's the thing now, right? That's everywhere. That's not just here or on the West Coast. It's that's why... everywhere. Yeah, you have this interesting perspective because you've done this all over the world. Yeah, but I think that that... I mean, right, okay, maybe you have a place like where Jiu-Jitsu is in a little more remote where you have one academy or you have, like, you know, one guy who's spreading it, but that's only, like, temporary. Eventually, that one academy turns into two academies and then it turns into four and then next thing you know, you got... They're just a little bit maybe behind. right. Us, you know, maybe a little bit behind New York or ba- or, or far behind oh, Boston or New York. Yeah. You know what right. I'm saying? Eventually, right. jujitsu is happening in those places. It's going to be big. Like if you go to like 
you know, like I was in Colombia, like, I don't know, five or six years ago at this point, four years ago. And like, you know, there was a lot of, there's a ton of jujitsu there and I still kind of keep in touch with some of those guys. And I look online and it's like, they're, they're having all kinds of tournaments now. And there's, you know, tons of good high level guys. And I mean, that's, or like, um, Costa Rica, like there's a ton of like super high level guys in Costa Rica, like, you know, it's I'm just, trying to count all these places. But like, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I'm just using that as an example yeah, to say, like, it starts with, like, all that community that are that, like, you're right, the East Coast is, like, I mean, yeah, it's amazing, right? But, like, when you started in 99 or 2000 or whatever, 898, mm-hmm. how many places were there mm-hmm. on the East Coast? Oh, not not many. It was I mean, maybe 10 or 12 12 or 15. Was, yeah. Yeah, New York, they had their three or four academies. There's one up in, like, there. Vermont, right? Julio was in Vermont. Yep. yep. And then there was like, um, you know, a couple guys in Connecticut. There was like the guy that I started with. And then there was like Max Size in Philly. Oh, uh, yeah. There was like dudes in Thornwood, so New York. That we used to yeah. Those were like the big deal guys. Steve yeah. Maxwell and yeah, uh, Maxwell. Thornwood guys. Like Remember a Cobra Kai from um, uh, upstate New York? Are you being serious? Oh, yeah. Ty Kai. Ty Kai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I remember those guys. Yep. And that was, uh, what was his name? Dan something, right? Kenny Cronenberg. Kenny Cronenberg, yeah. yeah. I never met that guy, but I totally remember the name. He's competing like everything back in the day. Right. right. I remember him and Todd Margolis and Jared yeah, so and those, Kenny in the same kind so of... So there was like, I mean, there was, a, there, was a, there was a lot of schools relative to like the time, right? There was probably 30 schools. It seemed like a lot. Which was a lot, but look at it now. How it's many schools are there in Boston 10. now? Times 10. Oh, it's there's crazy. 20 like, schools Yeah, 20 or 30 schools. Even in this tiny little area, there's like 10 schools. So, yeah, it's an awesome scene for sure, but it took 20 years to build here. Right. There's no reason in 20 years the way jiu-jitsu is going. You're going to have that shit everywhere. It's so accessible. You're going to have that in Vietnam. You're going to have that in Cambodia. You're going to have that in like Greenland. You're going to have that shit everywhere. It's going to be like... It's global now. It's like everywhere. Yeah. And I think it's like, just like you're talking about, the more it's a global community, the more like people kind of, I mean, they have awesome, like now in Europe, the jujitsu is huge. Yeah. And the level is as high, not higher in some cases than it is here. Yeah. There are studs that are coming like, you know, winning the the European championships coming over and then winning here. Unbelievable. Right. Yeah. Or even in the US now, like, I mean, granted, you could argue that like a lot of those guys moved to Southern California or moved to New York. (laughs) Right, right, right. Right. I mean, the difference between the U.S. and... I haven't been to Brazil since 2007. That was the last time I was there. But, like, the thing I remembered even at that point as a purple belt going to Brazil was, like, it wasn't that the level was that much better. I mean, it was... Like, the guys were super good. It was that the numbers... It was, like, you go to the academy, you go to, like, a noon class Gracie... Or 10 o'clock class Gracie Bob, there'd be, like, 12 black belts on the mat. Right. You know, like, all different size guys. Like, that... Well, you know, how many like, class... How many class size? Like, yeah, 20 like, or... Yeah, maybe, like, 18 or... I don't know, yeah. 15 guys or whatever. Yeah. But the point is, like just the numbers and the variety of the games and the amount of guys that were like black belts were, was more. And, and I don't know if that's still the case. I mean, now there's at oh, some sure. academies, it's probably not that different. Like you go to, I'm sure like I haven't been out to California, but um, to train, but I'm sure like if you go to like some of those schools in San Diego on any given day, you go to Atos or one of those schools, I'm sure there's got to be like 20 guys on the, you know, there's 20 black belts on the mat guys. or something. I mean, it's gotta be the same. Right. But like, that was the biggest difference for me. It was like, Oh, I got like one black belt to train with here or two and oh now I'm like training with like these twenty different guys in one class. So Right. I don't know that the level is that much different now. Um I just think that, you know, there's just if they had a little head start. You know? Yeah, like it's like we have a little head start on Europe. Right. Or or maybe not even, you know, but you know, on some other parts of the world we do, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but the quality is pretty obvious. I mean it's there there are people coming out of this area that are just playing oh, if yeah. you look at it on a competitive level anyway. I agree. You know, on, a, on sort of a, a, a 
future of you know the science of jujitsu. You get the whole Danaher thing and all these kind of these kind of innovations. I don't say innovations, but things that are coming to the fore now in nogi. Yeah, a lot of that's coming from this area too. So. I think there's there there. I, I get where you're coming from now, and the feeling that in the United the United States, the the kind of the hub of jujitsu is in L.A. and that is a kind of what Brad's getting at is that might have been true five years ago the same way that ten years ago the hub of jiu-jitsu yeah, yeah. was Brazil. You can argue that it probably still is. There's some high-level guys there. But now it's everywhere. Yeah, It's everywhere. And there's high-level black belts teaching and, and academies are popping up everywhere you look. Yeah, and guys are going everywhere in the world because, right. you know, like I know a few guys from Globe Trotters that, you know, are in Sweden now. Um, you know, like Czech Mac guys and they're, you know, I don't, I'm not like great friends with them, but I know them a little bit through the camps and stuff. And they're like, you know, Bruno Machias and these guys and, and Hobson and these guys are like really world class guys. And they're like, they're in Sweden and they're in all these countries where jujitsu is like huge now. Like, right. jujitsu is huge in like Sweden and Norway and Denmark and like all these places. And, you know, and there's, there's some killers, man. Like, there's some killers from those schools. Even like, <coughs> I've rolled with like, you know, purple belts that are like ridiculous. I mean, they're, they like they're just as into it as we are, and they're training just as hard, not harder, and the guys are just as good, and right, and the availability of information just as good. That's the right. thing, yeah. What do you think? Do you think that the, the 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 technique pool? We've asked this question before, where there's all of a sudden you might have in the beginning you may have just gotten the techniques that your instructor gave you, then maybe you travel a little around, but now in 2016 you can come in as a white belt, you can fall in love with the thing. Six months later, you're looking, you you you, you buy. MG in action and you get a bunch of you know things on YouTube and all of a sudden you're doing <laughs> inverted barambolo to this you know weird thing with the kiss of the dragon face and all this shit I mean like do you think that that's been a good thing for jujitsu or do you not right there. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely a good thing I think like you know the more the more stuff that gets developed the cooler it gets and the you know I, I'm, I'm a big fan of all that stuff. I, I'm not saying I can do all of it anymore, right. but like, or I ever could, but like, you know, I think it's cool. Yeah, I think it's awesome. It's beautiful to watch, too, guys that can do it. Yeah, and there's, I mean, it used to be, you know, there were only so many techniques. Now guys have gotten so creative with it. That, you can argue what, what, you know, there's a lot of guys that are talking about the pussification of jujitsu and how, like, butt scooting and all that stuff. But if you put that aside for a second, you think of the ways that people are figuring out how to express themselves on the mat. Right. It is, I mean, it is every bit, like we were talking earlier, that guy making the painting, it is every bit that creative and, and beautiful yeah. when people are kind of taking jujitsu and, and it, it manifests itself. And I mean, every person, just a little bit different. Your game is going to be, Brad's not going to have the same game as I do. And like, yeah, because it's based on size and attributes and, you know, the, the ways that you may be flexible are ways that maybe I'm not or vice versa, you know, or... That guy that was particularly flexible. You know, I'm not either, <laughs> but, like, the point is, like, you know what I mean? Like... Yeah. Or, like, the guy who's six feet tall and, like, his giant legs versus the guy that's, like, 5'3", who's, like, yep. you know, barrel-chested. Like, and the training partners they have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you trained with a certain group or right. doing certain stuff. Doing certain you, things, countering things certain ways, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I think that's cool, you know, that you see... And that's the other argument, right, to train with all kinds of different people... Because the more guys you get to train with, the more more of those kind of games you feel, or you get to see like, oh, okay, my, my thing doesn't work on George, but it works on, you know, this other guy because you know he from a different school because he doesn't because I train with this guy every day and he knows that I'm going to pull his arm across and I'm going to try to sweep or I'm going to try to do this or that or whatever. You know, huge point. Like I every you know I'm used to so I the the 
kind of like Nate Ryan runs and, and Mike Pellegrino run the Mass BJ. Yeah, I know the names. I mean, I know like I yeah. don't think I you I should know. definitely yeah, look those, those guys, guys up. I, I listen to the podcast and I. You know, um, so you're the one listening. Yeah, thanks for all the likes. We're, we're doing freaking ridiculous numbers right now, so let's keep. So, going. Here's, so here's the thing: you brought up this. You taught us this word earlier. A beats. A beats. I'm I'm starving. We gotta eat some food. <laughs> I am so hungry. Let's, so let's, so let's try to come in for a, a, a ah, easy landing here, right? We've been chastised for our closing and. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're always all over us, dude. By how you people do it, listening, but... you need to go away so we can go get some beats. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> no, man, but for real, like, I really appreciate the fact that you came up. When you came up to Port City, man, we met you, and now we've come down and trained with you, and, like, I've seen you at that camp, and uh, you, like, inspire me to want to get out and travel around and, like, do the same thing, like. And everybody listening, go and do it. Yeah, go, go do it. Come down here. Go come train at Soulcraft. Go train at Gracie Sports with Macahal. Go to the Globe Charters Camp. Um, all those things. SoulcraftBJJ.com. Is that yeah. how to find so, you? Yeah, we got an open door. Come visit us. Um, Gracie Sports. We may just have to have you sleep on the mat. I was going to say, you, you, so basically, what you're saying worse. is. Anybody who comes in can totally sleep on your mat anytime, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Sure. <laughs> oh, in, in, involuntarily sleeping on the mat. <laughs> in, we'll in, in my house? Well, maybe. We'll right. see. We'll, we'll negotiate. Okay. Spends of the time. Gotta make sure Mrs. Wilson's okay. <laughs> yeah. My attributes are, are much lower than these guys, and I had an unbelievably cool time rolling with these guys. So yeah, I got you guys my ass kicked, awesome. and I did okay. Yeah, it was great. So much Everybody was sweet. It was a really fun and time. I got some soap, which is always yeah. nice. Yeah. You have a, uh, you, you've got an incredible academy. Yeah. So many talented guys. Like, you've done an, an awesome Thanks, job. Man. building. I mean, a lot coming from, yeah. coming from you. You're like an OG. So. No, yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that, but... Um, Thank you so much for having us down. It's always like good to hang out, you know, with 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 a brother. And uh, we'll know, do it again, man. Too. We'll like, definitely we'll do it again. Yeah. Well, yeah. once you have this pizza, you're definitely gonna want to. Right. Yeah, like, hey, we want to do another podcast. Yeah. Like, dudes, we just did this last week. Like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, we'll do another one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. Cool, cool, man. Well, thank you guys. It was awesome, and uh, I've never been on a podcast before, so nice. nice. Now I can check that off the list. Yes, oh, it was. We could go for. This, six I was going to say this may not be the last time. It's all right. right. Yeah, so, let's go get the abuse. When the offers start rolling, I'm going to need a manager. So, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that. You're, the, you're the talent now. Yeah, is it, we'll, see how it happens. That the talent. It's just, as soon as it happens, we'll, like we'll teach you how to be difficult. If anyone, <laughs> out, yeah, if anyone out there uh, wants me to be on their podcast, uh, all I need is a plane ticket and. Uh, He'll go anywhere. Yep. Have Gee will travel. Hey, and also uh, hit up Brad at uh, soulcraftbjj.com if you're interested in having him for a seminar. You want him to come out and teach. Uh, unbelievable. Good. He's very, very uh, humble. You know, humble. <laughs> he's he's an a awesome knowledge base for jiu-jitsu. So if you guys out there want to have a cool guy come and teach a seminar, hit him up. Really talented guy. So, And uh, you're, you're going to be doing some of the BJJ Globetrotters dates coming up right now You're yeah still so I'm going, to, I'm going to the summer camp which is in Belgium and that's the June 20th through the 26th something okay. like that and then there's the US camp which is in up in New Hampshire which is really cool yeah like when it's September yeah. I think it's like middle of September September 10th something what like a, that what a killer camp it. yeah yeah that's really cool so I highly recommend uh, check out uh, free you know free plug for Christian and yeah. uh, BJ Globe try to well, check course, that out yeah. there's uh, I can't stress that enough. That that is uh, a life changing experience. You'll meet 
uh, a ton of amazing people from all over the world. You'll make, you'll make good friends that you'll keep uh, after the week's over, and, and that's the plan. Do you have, if you've never read his book, man, it's a great book. <laughs> it's a great book, too. It is. Yep. It's How really good. Who is this person? It's hard to spell. Okay, whatever. Christian. Right. Yeah, we got it right here. Great. Um, Just so that people understand. Can you spell his last name, please? G-R-A-U-G-A-E-R-T. Let me Google that for Christian, you now. Sorry there you if go. I spelled nice that work. wrong. Christian Grogart. The Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Globetrotter. It's really good. Beautiful. Yeah. Thanks, guys. All right. Awesome. See, Thanks, episode guys. 12 is a wrap. Wrap it up. Peace. Right.